Hello. Hello. Hello and welcome back to Industry Tactics. I'm your host, Friendly Rich, and on the podcast today I speak with Colin Brunton, and we talk about all things Nash the Slash. Nash the Slash passed away a couple of years ago uh, in 2014, and since we've seen a bit of a resurgence, there's a documentary film being made about him as we speak, and uh, what an interesting musical character in our in our country. Um, we get into it with Colin Brunton. We look back on uh, on Nash's career, some great stories. So enjoy this. This is part one. I'm, I'm looking to speak with Gary Top next and do a little more of a deep dive into the life and times of Jeff Pluman, a.k.a. Nash the Slash. This is my talk in a park near where Nash lived uh, in the east end of Toronto with Colin Brunton. I would expect nothing less, and you sound great. He's putting his mic down. Welcome to Industry Tactics, Mr. Colin Brunton, in uh, freelance producer. Hi, hi, Rich. Hi, and thank you. So, just to paint you guys a picture, if you're listening at home, we're at a park bench. What is this park? It is apparently. I'm looking at the sign now. Jonathan Ashbridge Park well, in uh, Leslieville. Right on. You couldn't get more uh, Pacific than that. <laughs> we're in the east. Uh, we're in the east end here of Toronto, uh, a park where. One said Nash the Slash would uh, would hang out. I, th- I got a feeling he probably walked Digger here, his dog. Yeah. Because he just lived a block away from here. Nice, yeah. nice. So good call on, uh, on, on holding the interview here. Uh, we're going to talk all things Nash the Slash. Okay. And maybe one of, uh, of, of a few different episodes here that I plan on doing of just uh, focusing in on the man and his work. Um, so thanks for agreeing to be a part of this, Colin. It's a real treat to have you on the podcast. No problem. I mean, you could talk many things, industry tactics, that's the podcast, but um, it's also been over the years of doing this podcast, and mind the wind, gentle listener, that's why we got these wind socks, industry tactics, it's been focusing on uh, on weirdos and outsiders in, in, in music, uh, yeah. anyone from Ronaldo and the Loaf to uh, to Jonathan, John Southworth to, you know, Hoxley Workman. Uh, Mendelssohn Joe, many many weirdos have been on the on the podcast. Oh, you've uh, heard Mendelssohn Joe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, yeah. A, a dear friend. We went up to his his, wow. uh, his cabin impressed. in Emsdale. He's and, been uh, quiet for so long. Yeah, man, and it was no, it was really great to just look back on on his great career and yeah. and, and chat with him, uh, and and of course a reflection on on Nash the Slash has been uh, 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 on my mind. So it's all good. We're going to sit here. I'm going to watch you chain smoke yeah. and reminisce and wax poetic about uh, okay. our dear friend. 
uh, Nash. And sure. and I mean, I, I knew him over the years. I, I got to work with him uh, a few times in Brampton and uh, he was always very, very generous with uh, w- with sharing the weird. And, and, and we got into it at uh, at his at the bar there at Stra- Stratinger's, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, we got to yak with him a few times there and that was a real joy. But uh, you go way back with him. Uh, yeah. from, so, so talk to me, talk to uh, okay. me. Okay, so uh, when I was, I guess, 17, which would have been 73, yeah. um, I was lucky enough to get a gig working at the original 99 Cent Roxy, which was the, the original repertory theater in Toronto. Gary Topp programmed it. Uh, different, two different movies a night. Uh-huh. Uh, friendly for pot smokers. It was really my, uh, I used to say it was my music, my film school, but it was like my musical school, my film school, my, wow. my counterculture school. Wow. And Nash was, uh, or Jeff, well, we call him, we call him Jeff, yeah. was a regular there. Yeah. And uh, we did a lot of crazy stuff there, um, which is a whole other podcast in itself, but... Yeah. Um, so he was a regular there in that he'd be hanging out watching the films. Just yeah, he was a huge film buff, okay. as you probably know. Yes. And uh, one of the, uh, they did a few concerts there. Gary uh, did a few concerts. Uh, the first time the incarnation of Rough Trade played, they're called the Bullwhip Brothers. They played there. Yeah. Um, they also had a band called Breathless, yeah, which right, Nash right. was a member of. Okay. And he must have been, I think he was five years older than me, so he must have been in his early 20s. Uh, he looked awesome on stage. The, the band was fantastic. Uh-huh. Um, and he looked really cool. He played his electric violin. His amp looked like uh, a 1930s old radio, like you oh, know, the yeah, old Art yeah. Deco radio yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were awesome. It was like it was like a kind of a mind-blowing concert. Uh-huh. Um, and then he he kind of created this persona, Nash the Slash. Yeah. Uh, the name came from the well. The old story is the name came from a Laurel and Hardy movie. Yeah. Which isn't entirely true because I, I looked into it when I made my documentary, uh-huh. The Last Pogo Jumps Again. There not, we go. Not available on DVD. Industry Tactics. <laughs> yeah. And um, what happened was this guy, some Hollywood producer. Uh, grabbed the rights to these Laurel and Hardy movies yeah. and he took one and then he kind of put this hokey melodramatic voiceover on top of it and named the villain Nash the Slash and I guess uh, Nash probably saw that at the Roxy Wow, and, man. and wow. decided that's a great name to have so isn't that a beautiful Nash. kind of cultural full, full circle in a lot of ways is that like the, the name was born there through the yeah. that work at the Roxy and just yeah. the hang and the natural evolution of an artist like yeah. that's kind of if you're paying living, attention yeah he ended up living on top of the Roxy oh is that right oh yeah so uh, to go back though wow. so then he wow. created Nash the Slash and he was going to put on the show yeah. and what it was was um he would perform a live soundtrack to the Bunuel Dali uh, short film in Shenandelu. Right on. And so I remember vividly. Yeah. Uh, he was set up. The Roxy probably held easily 500 people. Big cavernous Art Deco theater. Now a Tim Hortons, although oh, they kept man. the facade, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And he was set up in the front of the left-hand aisle. He had a uh, candelabra. He had his top hat, tuxedo, yeah. Yeah. no mask. He didn't do a mask at that point. Oh, wow. Um, wow. And he had his violin, mandolin, and he had uh, tape deck, reel-to-reel tape decks, a couple of them, where he would create these loops. Uh-huh. So he would he would play a riff. Yeah. He'd, he'd, he'd press a button. It would repeat. And this was, un, like, no pun intended, it was unheard of. Like, you didn't yeah. know people that did that. Like, right. he knew people maybe 
from the so-called Krautrock uh, yeah. era yeah. that were doing it, but he must have been one of the very first, and he did the soundtrack. Especially in the city of Toronto, I mean, you would argue. Especially think, in Toronto, right? yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely yeah. the first in Canada, in Canada, I'm sure, if not yeah. North America. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And the thing that was crazy was that uh, I remember watching it, and you know, we used to get high all the time there, like yeah. everyone was high, right? Yeah, yeah. And I looked at it, the, I was in the left-hand aisle sitting behind him when he started, because once we let people into the audience, the ushers could just sit down and watch a movie sure. or whatever, right? Sure. It was pretty loose. And I look over at the audience and these people are just staring at the screen, no one's saying a word, and their jaws are literally dropped. Like they can't believe what he's adding to this thing. And I remember yeah. after this one guy who, you know, may have been on a bit more than pot, he was probably wired on acid, high yeah, on yeah. acid, and he's like, yeah. man, that music made me understand that movie. Oh yeah. It's like okay, sure, and that it was phenomenal. Wow. So then, um, so after Sounds that, so out and beautiful, like for the time. I mean, for now, I, I like it's. Well, when you think back then, like it was '72, so yeah. most of the people that came into the th well, we all had long hair too, and you yeah. know, wore yeah. flare jeans and all that. But there was yeah. a big, there's still like a hippie attitude, and I remember. Jeff or Nash rather being really impressed like we all were yeah, yeah. when Gary Top turned us on to Roxy music because all of a sudden yeah. instead of guys in long hair coming out wearing plaid shirts and ripped jeans yeah. there's Brian Ferry okay. like wearing a tuxedo right yeah 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 and yeah. we we all went uh, what happened one Christmas I think it was 75 Man. the first time they came to Toronto Gary Top had arranged to get uh, tickets and we had he says it's front row. I thought it was fifth row, but okay. everyone up to Roxy got these special uh, handmade invitations. They're hand drawn by John Pierce, and he used to do all the posters there. Oh wow! And we wow. got to go see Roxy for the first time, um, and it was a mind blower. So, in that kind of vein, Nash man. loved that idea. So he was all into, "Hey man, you're putting on a show. Like dress up." Yeah. And I guess that evolved yeah. into the mask and stuff. And and. Uh like the few times I've hung out with him, I'd ha had the chance. He he mentioned knowing the residents and like was in with that whole scene and shit like this. Yeah, so like, I don't. I, they he knew feel the like residents. kindred spirits in I, a lot of ways. Yeah, I don't know if he knew them. Like I don't know if yeah, he yeah, yeah. if he did. He certainly wouldn't have revealed who they were to no, any of us. No, right? we tried. We yeah. Tried. yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> did he yeah. know them? Did he actually say who? Yeah, knew no, them? no. He said he said they spent some time together, and I don't know if they ever recorded, but uh, I don't think they did. Yeah, yeah, no. And I think now the residents are on. On like second or third generation, right? Like there's right. different residents, right. and like they because right. they'd be in their late seventies, right? I guess. I mean, so <laughs> someone should consider taking on the bandages, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that is in a lot of ways the beauty of uh, of the anonymity in a lot of ways. I mean, not that Nash is not 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 that Nash was religious with separating himself from it. Like yeah. you can. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, he loved the idea that, like, one of the things he loved about it was that he says, "Hey, I don't age." Right. No one knows right. how old I am. I right. can be 62. And we did. He did Roadkill soundtrack for us. Yeah. And in the uh, we had to write, we wrote all these bios and stuff for our press kit. And in the bio, I think I said his real name was uh, something stupid like Nashislav Slashinovsky. Yeah. Yeah. And he was from uh, Helsinki, and he was 72 years old. R beautiful, beautiful <laughs> shit, right? Like just the, the the myth of it all, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a mythology, I yeah. think, more than anything. I mean. That's so attractive to any young, but like a, a creative, you know, like to, to look at a, a guy like Nash and just go like, yeah, like that's 
first time seeing him at the Rivoli was like like mind blowing. Like, what the fuck is he doing? Like, yeah, putting like with like like he was spraying uh, the grinder grinder on 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 the, on the audience. It's like this is over the top weird. Yeah, well, imagine in the early seventies. Yeah, 70s, no, I can't. It was craziness, right? And so we thought, like. Um, like we really knew like as a 17 year old i thought yeah, yeah. we knew we have the coolest job in toronto like this is the coolest place to be in toronto for all those reasons like getting turned on to nash the slash what an education it, yeah, it was yeah, a really great yeah. education and yeah. a lot of the people that hung out there and stuff went on to bigger and better things ron mann yeah. was a regular wow um so ron's done all these wow, talking david marsden we had a special seat reserved for him. There was one aisle at the Roxy that had um, the row in front was missing, so there's like all this leg room. Okay. And Dave Marsden, when he worked at Chum FM, okay. Every okay. so often he'd phone to tell Gary, "I'm going to be a little bit late." So Gary would delay the movie. Yeah. And then Dave Marsden would walk in. Yeah. Light up a joint, go yeah. into his special reserve seat. Awesome, awesome. But and Nash was just, and then Nash eventually, uh, I can't remember what year. He eventually uh, moved into the flat above the Roxy, so he kind of became the Phantom of the Roxy, although that was never a big thing. No. And he stayed there, I think, uh, until he got his house. Okay. Um, and he got his house soon after, and I don't know how much of a coincidence it is, soon uh -huh. after he sued Pepsi. So I was working with Ron Mann. This is all, there's all these threads, right? Great. I started getting into the business and yeah. Ron Mann hired me to be the so-called production manager of, uh, of what was going to be his first and actually only narrative film. It was a thing called uh, Listen to the City with Jim Carroll was the lead. Oh, wow. And we had um, Lenny Kay was in it and Rosemary Carroll wow. and all these people. And... Um, um, we're, so we're shooting at this old studio called Magder Studios up on uh, Pharmacy. It's like a total dump now, but back then in the, in the late 70s, I guess it would be mid-70s, 77 maybe, mm -hmm. it was a um, state-of-the-art place. We had offices there. Yeah. At one point, Ron goes, hey, Colin, your buddy Nash is out in the lobby shooting a commercial. I go, oh, really? So first of all, that thought, like, okay, that's odd that Nash is doing a commercial. He's the most, even right. though he would have loved to have made money. Right. Remember, he always said to me, it's like, all I want to make is 500 bucks a week. Yeah. And I'm happy. I get my three meals. I never miss a meal. Great line. Anyway, so I, I walk to the lobby, and I look, and it's uh, Rough Trade. Okay. Doing a Pepsi commercial, and they had a character dress up like Nash. Oh, shit. And at one glance... I said to Ron, that's not, that's not Nash. Like, it's a guy dressed as Nash. That's not Nash. I could just tell by his height and body type. Yeah. So he eventually sued them. Don't know what the, uh, I don't know what he got out of it exactly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. soon after that, Amazing. He, he owned this house a block away from here, which is now townhouses, like everything else in Toronto. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. We don't want to, spoiler alert, that's how it ends. Everything becomes yeah, yeah. a condo. But, that's uh, right. But uh, man, that's that's cool stuff. I didn't know that 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 uh, that they would take his likeness and fuck with it. That's oh, they, amazing! They totally did. I and wonder then, if you uh, could dig that up. Like, uh, it probably did. Uh, I mean, somewhere. I'm sure it's somewhere, that's but I, I know there was like I believe there's probably a cease and desist. Like I think yeah. they stopped yeah, showing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. And then the best story he told me when he got his house, you know that he got arrested once, right? No, no, no. So I'm talking. <laughs> so. Now at this point, I'm working on um, 
we're kind of going back and forth in time like Billy Pilgrim, it's right? good. So at one point I'm producing uh, the film Highway 61 with Bruce McDonald. Yeah, yeah. And we had hired Nash to do the score. I'd hired him a few times before that to do scores for features I worked on. Uh -huh. And I remember sitting down one morning across from our office on Adelaide Street, picked up the Toronto Sun, the headline around there. I'm looking at it and the story just jumped out. It said, Jeff Pluman arrested running a grow up. And I was like, what? And I read it three times at Hud's age. I thought, fuck, that's, that's Jeff. So what happened was, uh, whoa. And I guess we're not telling tales at a school now because Jeff's uh, sadly passed on. But yeah. so he's got this uh, three-story house. Okay. He had he lived in the top floor. Yeah. He had a patio, and the patio doors were the kind that you would just lock by laying a, a four-foot piece of uh, two by four down to jam it right. Yeah. <coughs> Forgot to do that one night. He's in his room. He hears a commotion. Yeah. He goes out, and this kid had okay. broken into his apartment, into his loft, and they get into a fight. And Nash picks up, <laughs> Nash picks up the two by four, and hits him on the head, and knocks him out. Yeah. And when he's telling me the story, he goes, "Colin." He used to call me Kalinsky. I don't know why. Kalinsky. That, that was my. That was his nickname for me. But the best line he ever said, the funniest thing he ever said was, and he was like in total shock. He goes, "Colin." The first, I thought I killed him, oh, and my shit. first thought was, "What do I do with the body?" Amazing. <laughs> so, Amazing. lucky the guy didn't die. But what happened was, Holy someone crap. heard the commotion, called an ambulance and the cops and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The cops come when they go up the stairs <laughs> past the second floor. Oh boy! They smell weed, and they found out that there was a grow up on the second floor. So it was like, oh shit! So Nash oh. got thrown into the hokey, Whoa, and uh, you know, me and Bruce were kind of uh, crazy, crazy naive idiots back then, like yeah. like like we loved being, and we thought, fuck, you know, we got to go visit our buddy Nash. So how long was he in there? He wasn't in long, like okay. a couple okay. of months, right till trial, like a month or so. He said it was horrible, but so we wow. go there, and, and I, I thought, well, won't it be funny if I bring in a file and hand him a file so he can, uh, so he can cut through the door? And I, like, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, but like as soon as I saw the guard yeah. where you check in, it was yeah. like. Okay, this bull moose guy is not gonna find the tiniest bit of humor. I'm yeah. a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. Said Bruce, hang on a second, man. I had to go. I put the file back in the car. It's like, yeah. okay, let's go visit him now. Yeah. And it was terrible. Like they, they was that was like right out of a movie, man. Oh, There's man, a, that's awesome. a wall of window, like a wall of plexiglass with little cubicles, little. Um, you know, little things to talk through with with phones and stuff. Where was he at in his career at this point? At that point, he was still. Oh boy, was he with FM then? I don't. Wow, I don't wow. know if it was still FM. It might have been even after FM when he went back to being National Slash. Yeah. This would have been yeah, yeah. ninety-two, I guess, or something like that. And you know, they called him down, said, "You know, you've got a visitor." He comes down wearing the orange jump shoot. Had no idea who was there because they didn't. Bandages, right? We got to. Yeah, paint, he had, paint of the course, he had right? orange bandages for on his gentle face. Listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> great, great. And it was terrible, man. It was like when That's he awesome. saw so us cool. waiting there. Yeah. His yeah. face went through such a range of emotion, like oh, shame, oh. you know, gratitude. We were yeah, there, yeah, yeah, the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, and yeah, he said the yeah. worst part was, you know, they had uh, an hour a day where 
they could watch this communal TV and he says he's sitting there and it's in the afternoon. Yeah. They're watching some shit on TV like the Donahue show or something. Oh, fucking A. All of a sudden, a uh, commercial come on, comes on for Highway 61 and he's sitting there going, fuck, I'm in jail. I did the soundtrack for that movie. I can't tell these guys. They'll think I'm insane. And, you know, he eventually... I don't know if the charges were... I don't, the charges weren't dropped, but he... I don't know what happened, but, you yeah, know, he then, got then out. he was fine, and, yeah, yeah. and he got out. And <laughs> wow, man. Yeah. We had a lot of fun. What and a story. What after, a story. Uh, after the Roxy, when the Roxy closed, it was unfortunate because they kept raising their rent on Gary Top, and yeah. he says, we got to get a new place, so he found this place in New Yorker. Uh-huh. And he says, you know, we're, we're going to open a second theater. Uh-huh. Uh, Jeff, I want you to manage. Colin, you can be his assistant manager. You guys are like this. This there's a sitcom going on. Yeah, there, the, like, the whole the, that all whole. You guys are crazy that, characters. That decade was a whole sitcom. Well, the whole thirty decades, thirty years was a sitcom. But yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's great because wow, me and man. me and Jeff would work uh, the theater, and our modus operandi was basically we both loved uh, smoking pot. Yeah. We both loved pinball. So it's like we'd let the audience in. As soon as the audience in, Colin, your turn. Go to the basement, have a few puffs of a joint, yeah. run across the street, play pinball for half an hour, come what back. What a life. Okay, Jeff, your turn. he go to the basement, have a smoke, go across the fun <laughs> land, play pinball. And then at that same fun time, he had, a, he had a day job as a glazier, which he thought... What's a glazier? Like putting so glaze on donuts? Not putting glaze on donuts. No, it's not that Canadian. Okay. Putting, um, installing window. Installing windows. Glazier. Yeah. What a, what a, what a title. Yeah, glazier. He thought it was kind of trippy. He remembers saying, yeah, it's it kind is. of a trippy job, you know? It's like, uh, you know, we carry these six foot by five foot panes of window with these suction cups. And, uh, you know, he was really, he was a good, he was a really, like, wow. he really had a work ethic, you know? Well, he, he like, he built that stage, right, at, at Stratinger's. Like, he, he seemed pretty oh, did he? good with his... Uh, like he seemed like he could, he could build shit, right? Yeah, like I didn't know that. Pretty creative on that end, and like yeah. I, I'm all thumbs. But yeah, yeah, so it's, I was always impressed by that. Like yeah, I just learned how to hang pictures. Honest to God, a year ago. Thank you. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> the wall plug is a challenge. Exactly, yeah, I yeah, found yeah. about the wall plugs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, he seemed pretty good on, in that sense. So I could I could see that glazier. Wow. Yeah, wow. he loved that. So but then, you guys, uh, you guys like you, Gary Top, Nash. <laughs> all pretty tight then for for decades eh? like that runs yeah. really deep eh? yeah i mean all the people that were i was close with back then yeah. well yeah you know gary met his wife at the roxy is I'm, that right i met okay. my wife at the roxy right on, right on. her Charming. birthday was the same day as jeff's as nash's uh-huh and before i came to this interview she says remember to tell the guy yeah. that me and jeff had the exact same birthday and the shout same out. age and i said Joni. shout out to Joni sharing a birthday with nash that he used to lie. He goes, oh, no, Johnny, he was five years older than us. Oh. He goes, oh, that He would lie about bastard. his age, eh? I guess he did, Well, yeah. you're ageless when you got those bandages That's on, That's right. <laughs> He's moisturizing yeah. for, for, yeah. for good luck for the for mankind. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. That's cool. So you guys all kind of started your, your, your lives there, essentially. Like, it's a, it's a big part of who you are then, eh? Well, Gary's went back way further yeah. than that. Like, yeah. he started, you know, he worked at CineCity, which was okay. the... Probably the original underground movie theater in Toronto it was a place that Young and Gloucester. Yeah, he was. I mean, I you know you could do a, you could definitely do a podcast yeah. with Gary Top. He, yeah, it will be. He invented the midnight show in Toronto. He yeah. told them you've got a show. Uh, what it was, Yellow Submarine, which yeah, was yeah. very. Uh, 
you know, uh, very, very good movie for people on drugs. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah. convinced them, if you show this at midnight, you're going to do great. They said, uh -huh. I don't think so. Yeah, 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 try it. Ran for months. Right on. Then he'd right show on. things like right El on. Topo. And well, you know that he, he, he does that, right? He, Gary... I, I, from what I've seen of his curating, like the way he likes to present shit, it's it's to challenge, right? It's like it's not necessarily. I mean, he thinks business wise, but it's yep. also to really challenge audiences, no, which, has, which is a dying art in the city in a lot of ways. Yeah, I don't think anyone does, and I don't even know if he can afford to do it now. It's although tough. he still yeah. does his shows, yeah, right? Man. Like, yeah, no, he's still hustling. He I brought really Malcolm that. Holcomb up, <laughs> you know, and like who yeah. knows Malcolm Holcomb? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, I yeah, went yeah. one of the few shows I went to, and it was like there must have been. 20 people there and this guy from South Carolina right right on and Gary's like right ah well you know it's a great yep. show like yeah I don't yep. know the guy's done a, ever presented a bad show no 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 ever. amen amen you know amen. yeah and uh, so that's how I guess we get to know each other although no I feel like I don't know how we connected initially but it was like like immediately we just started like jamming over this Nash the Slash Gary Top yeah, kind yeah, of universe right like I think that's really yeah probably on Twitter or something yeah 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 <laughs> yeah man and it was I really admire the um I really admire what, what the those years like it's I, I mean I look I look on it as like a wow man that must have been a fucking incredible time we for knew creative it like creative weirdos we were boom, very right? conscious of the fact yeah, that yeah. again when I was in high school it was like yeah. okay we have like the coolest job in the city we we don't just hang out at the roxy theater mm -hmm, man we mm -hmm, work there mm -hmm. and uh we just had so that was coming so out of high school fun. for you colin pardon me that was coming out of high school and for you, during right? high school yeah, yeah. Wow. so a part-time job in high school sick, sick. and then it became a job job and then the new yorker became like a full-time job so gary used to live at uh this great little um three-story brownstone on saint nicholas street which yeah. was a block away from the New Yorker. I ended up okay. getting an apartment there after this guy Paul Denier moved out. And uh, yeah, it was fabulous, man. It was just fantastic. What, um, what, what, let's play some of Nash's music. What's, uh, what's one of your favorite tracks that we can dig up? Ah, oh boy, that's a good, the thing, I guess one of the ones I loved the most was, um, oh shit, what's the one that you can play at any speed? Oh fuck! Because that's brilliant. I remember him being so excited about that, saying you can play this at any speed. Yeah. Well, yeah, my yeah, favorite yeah, yeah, Nash yeah. is yeah. is Great Lakes Suites because he did the score oh, yeah, for sure, my sure. short film, A Trip Around Lake Ontario. Oh, right on. And uh, he did an amazing job. And then, uh, <laughs> then I got money to make another movie with the same author, this guy David McFadden. So I made a, a short film called. Uh, uh, it was a documentary called The Mysterious Moon Men of Canada about the famous Canadians who went to the moon in 1959, but Holy because shit. they were Canadian, they were they were too modest to tell anybody about it. Well, so I I ran out of money, and I and my my uh, one of my hail marys was uh, I went to Jeff said Jeff, do you think if we played the trip around Lake Ontario soundtrack backwards, it might move might might work for this? And he thinks he goes. No, that's not. It's not going to work. I ended up getting Shadowy Men and a Shadowy Planet, who okay, cool. contributed all these songs. But yeah, I, I I used to use him anytime. Like that's once so I great, got man. into like producing and stuff. Like yeah. he was the guy that right I on. thought this is the best guy in the city to do a score because, like, he studied classical music. Yeah, yeah He was yeah, a yeah, huge, yeah. huge movie fan. Yeah, so yeah, did Roadkill. Cinematic, everything that he put. Everything, out, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. He, he did for me. He did Trip wow. on Lake Ontario. Wow. Then he did the Roadkill score. Then he did Highway 61. Wow, man. Then when I got a job at the film center, I got him to do the score for this film called Blood and Donuts. 
And then after that, it was like, whenever I get on a show where I had any kind of position of influence, um, I'd always bring his name up. And it just seemed like Mm. in the 90s, like all of a sudden no one knew who the guy was like hmm. I'd mention his name and first they think well what who Nash the Slash what kind of stupid name is that it's like no 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 listen to the guy's scores like yeah if you listen to a roadkill soundtrack I mean yeah. he does it mostly with harmonica wow. like it's a harp and then Man. he did a bit of uh, big band stuff for uh, Highway 61 he did it with Tony Malone from oh, Jurassic yeah, yeah. Measures wow, wow. Um, he went wow. total synth orchestral for Blood and Donuts the guy was mega talented and it was yeah, always I yeah, thought yeah. what a shame that the guy can't uh, he, he was always kind of reinventing himself eh? yeah, and he, he, and yeah well he would it wasn't that he was reinventing himself he would just he would write what he thought suited the movie yeah, right yeah, and but he then, was diverse enough to do that like yeah, yeah, and yeah couldn't yeah, get yeah. a couldn't get a gig I couldn't huh. help him get a gig huh. after that it was like it was a real shame because wow. he's such a talent wow so there was yeah. a good string and then a bit of a drought you'd say yeah, yeah I mean I think the first thing he did was a thing called the kidnapping of the president some tax credit B-movie they shot in Toronto. Sick, wow. And, uh, but because I was pals him, it's like, Nash, can you do this? And yeah. he did a great score for, uh, he re-released, because I didn't take exclusive rights, so yeah. he released the music for a trip around Lake Ontario as I think he called it uh, the Great Lakes Suite. Okay. It's on, he, I think he may have put out an album called the Great Lakes Suite. Well, here, let's play a little excerpt from the Great Lakes Suite while you uh, we fire up that cigarette. You're not chain smoking enough. That's the only, no, my only regret in this. Uh, okay, never mind, never mind. Then we're doing <laughs> just fine. <laughs> here it comes now. A little bit of the Great Lakes Suite by Nash the Slash. Blood and Donuts. I was uh, my my gig was I was the executive producer at the Canadian Film Center. So okay. my job was picking uh, picking new filmmakers to make their first feature film. Yep. Right. So I did five features there. And you throw his name out periodically. Threw it out all threw it out all the time. We're, yeah. Yeah. One of those suitable. Yeah. But when I left there, I had uh, my first uh, my firstborn on the way, and I thought okay. like I got to get a gig. Yeah. I got to start making money. Yep. There wasn't a lineup to hire independent producers, so I joined the Directors Guild to become what's called a production manager. So all of a sudden, I was I was there. Then I was making like just being a production manager yeah. on 
you know, not to bite the hand that fed me, but yeah, kind of yeah. forgettable MOWs and stuff. And then okay. that led into being a line producer, producer. But yeah. whenever bringing the name up there, it's like, who who's this guy? Like a lot, actually, now that I think mm-hmm. of it, when I had that gig, uh, you know, they don't listen to your production manager about who he thinks or she thinks the composer should be. But okay. they wow. were Amer- they were Americans, yeah. so they didn't know him at all, right? So yeah. it was yeah. just a dead end. And then, wow, you know. Wow. And then, you know, he just got tired of the whole business eventually. Well, I mean, before he passed away, like, I, I it, it was, what, a, a, not even a year before, you, we had that open letter on his website about, yeah. about leaving the industry, eh? Like, yep. it, so did you guys ever work together again after that string of films, I don't think or? we did. Uh, the only time I worked with him really was when I interviewed him for my movie. And uh, me and my son... Uh-huh. Ollie, who was 13, yeah, um, we went down to his place, and yeah. you know, my son loved it, right? Because like Nash got himself all. What was his place like? It was, oh, oh, it was great. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It was the top floor of that place, and it was like awesome. Uh, awesome. Tons of books, tons and tons of records. Yeah. An odd skull sitting around. Yeah. Like sure. A, well, you know, it wasn't on like, account of the murder, right? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't yeah. like Ed Gein level, but uh, <laughs> the odd skull and black candle and stuff. Yeah. But uh, and then he yeah. got all, you know. Yeah. He put on the outfit for the interview. And, awesome, awesome. And, you know, my son was like... All into agog, it. Agog, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah, like, yeah. whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. we just, you know, we kept in touch every once in a while. But it's that usual thing, like, as soon as I read yeah. that he passed away, it's like, fuck, I wish I'd seen him late. Like, I hadn't seen him in years at that point. Yeah. You know? It was, yeah. a, it was a real shock when I heard about that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Although, anyone who knew him... Yeah. You knew, you kind of knew if he's what's going to fell this guy is yep. probably a heart attack because yeah 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 he would get uh <laughs> even in his 20s he, like, he was so intense so uh-huh. if he was enthusiastic yeah about a subject or a topic negative or positive his yeah. face would light up like a stop sign like he would just get red in the face right? and you see his veins bulging and be like yeah he's and he, passionate he, he yeah he bottom passionate yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure yeah, man yeah, yeah yeah so it wasn't a surprise when he when we found out that uh that it was a heart attack that killed him you know yeah sure oh man yeah no i i that that um that that letter on his website did, definitely moved me it moved me in in so many ways because it's like it like to see someone just lose their I don't know. Like I didn't. I, I didn't lost fully, his mojo. I, yeah, I didn't fully. I got, admittedly, like I did one of those, uh, whenever the hell it was, t- 2008 scans through 2010 scans through. You know, like I, I, I scanned it, but it's like the the spirit in the thing was like, I'm leaving this industry. I'm leaving. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's it's gone so the way of the like just Who did the, the commercialization he, of it the, he quoted I don't a know. blues guy right he quoted uh did he yeah bb king okay um fuck what's the famous bb king song i don't know but he yeah. quoted someone like that but yeah, yeah that was a shame he yeah, just like know, given like up it, right yeah like and it's like here's here's all my music like he kind of made it accessible and just said like that's it Yep. I'm going to stop making and that's just like you know like a guy that creative to see him yep. just kind of that that's the ending for him just kind of you know it it it's a, it it kind of makes you sad right it's yeah. just um so no I'm glad to hear like I am glad to hear that there's a documentary in the making yeah. and that we're looking to kind of you know every little bit counts and like I I love I'm going to talk to Gary as well and shine a light yeah, yeah. on on who the guy was he was just such an interesting artist in our city in our country you know yep. that uh he was one of a kind, man. Yeah. He was one of a well kind. Well put, you know? Yeah. 
the best one-man band ever. I mean, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. right? The <laughs> show he would put on, and, 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 and you're right in saying the diversity in like his recordings and what he was able to put out. It's like you would, I would have loved to, obviously you'd love to see the career go in a different path, but he definitely had success through the years. I'm not... Yep. No, you know he had. I mean? Like he, I mean, his best. Mo one of his favorite moments was opening for the Who. Like they were his favorite <sighs> band, and so, you know, he's sitting in an agent's office, and uh, Teenage Head were supposed to open. Yeah. And he hears a guy having an argument with the manager. That Teenage Head had a notoriously terrible manager, um, Jack okay. Morrow. Okay. Um, good. The, good the industry tactics. Good the that you name yeah. names. <laughs> yeah, name naming names. names. Yeah. Jack Morrow deceased. <laughs> Uh, I only name say okay. bad things about okay. dead people. Okay. <coughs> and Jack Morrow's like, look, this is a big gig. It's a yeah. huge gig, man. I yeah. my guys need two thousand bucks. Okay. And the agent's like, uh, not gonna happen. Hang up the phone, and Nash is like, what's that all about? Oh, fucking teenage head. Jack Morrow wants two thousand bucks. Nash goes, I'll do it for nothing. He goes, well, you can't, Nash. I got to pay at least twenty musicians, right? I'll do it. So he got to play for 50,000 people, yeah. 50,000 people. He said Amazing. it was the best night of his life. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he was good that way because it's like I knew his track record and I'd call him and just go, hey, man, do you want to play this um, musical Red Rover where 400 kids are playing musical instruments in my hometown in the park? And he'd go, yeah. So yeah, have yeah. Him <laughs> with, you know, members of Nyla Spasm Band. And all these kids, and who oh, wow. what the fuck was going on, right? He would always say, the point is, he would always say yes. Yeah, yeah. And and he did my arts festival a bunch of times, and it was just like, it was really Oh, that's crazy. I never heard him. about that. Yeah, and he did it in band. I've got photos. I was just reminiscing yesterday, looking at photos of it. It's like, man, that, that was a moment. You know, it's it's like... Yeah. And 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 he would do it in full regalia, and uh, and it was it was out. Like we we recorded it. Actually, I'll see if I could dig it up, and uh, and I'll play a little bit of it here if uh, if it's accessible. Here it comes now. Nasha slash in the park with four hundred grade four kids in a musical Red Rover. Next we have Mr. Nash the Slash over by the city hall. Everybody, pay attention. Red Rover, Red Rover, Miss Albie's class, come over. Miss Albie's class. Ready? Here we go. Thank you, Nash. Here it is. One, two, three, four, and... Wow, Nash. Now let's hear what Mr. The Slash will play to that. Yeah, well. Now if I were the judge, David, uh, how do you judge that? When you hear something like that, what are you thinking when you're judging that? You're thinking Miss Albie's class paid him to do that. <laughs> <laughs> paid off? We're sorry, Nash. I'm pretty amazed. That was really good. <laughs> David says that's really good. Who wins? I'd have to give it to the students, though. 
I had nothing to do with it, Nash. We do hope you'll return to our fine flower town. But I'm sorry, but you're walking. Mr. Nagler, Eric Nagler, ladies and gentlemen. Red Rover, Red Rover, Mrs. Moore's class Passover. <laughs> well, that was either an exercise gone wrong or one that I couldn't find, but he would always say yes. You know, he was always very generous that way yeah. and, um, and, and very supportive. I felt like I feel a lineage to weirdos, to my elders, to my elder weirdos, and I consider right. Nash to be right there, you know, with yeah. like, folks like Ronaldo and the Loaf and the residents. And, and There's a good Where's Waldo for Nash in Toronto as well, you know. Talk to me. Well, Where's Nash in graffiti? So around really? Toronto, yeah, around Toronto, there's about, there's at least um, a half a dozen uh, paintings that this artist called Jungle Lee did. Wow. Uh, there's one on like, uh, like an electrical box in Scarborough. There's one just a block away from here. And if you look at it carefully, really? he pops Nash the Slash in there. There's one on Queen Street. Like, like as the image of Nash? or Just the, very or, or discreetly. Okay. So there's one How just cool. a couple of blocks from here where it's a shot of, uh, it's either a bus or a streetcar. Yeah. And if you look at it, yeah. you'll notice that the guy in one of the in one of the seats is Nash the Slash. Oh my God. There's another awesome. one on, awesome. uh, just off of Queen Street, north side of Queen Street, just west of Logan in between two buildings. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's Amazing. a shot of, uh, of like, um, a shot of a street with stores and stuff. Yeah. And I was told about this, and I had to look at it for a long time. It's like, oh yeah, there's Nash in that store window down there looking out. Awesome, awesome, <laughs> awesome. Which I think he must have just loved that. Yeah, man. You know, he loved that kind yeah. of like, you know, I know he would have loved to have been famous and maybe maybe rich, but maybe not. Like I said. Well, that's it. He right? always told me, man, if I make if I can make five hundred bucks a week and I get three squares a day, I'm happy. Well, you know, and that's the thing. Like, we're looking back. We're talking about, like, the, that message on his website and how it, how it kind of ended in, in, with this kind of cryptic kind of shroud around it. But you know what? It's the career he had, right? And yeah. it's, like, it's it's beautiful and charming. And uh, and here we are reflecting on it. And, and it was uncompromising. He would have had his dog shit in on many <laughs> that's a... That's right. A, 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 we're a probably... We could probably be standing the, on the, some of Digger's shit yeah, right now. Yeah, you know what I mean? And... Uh, <laughs> No, no, I think I think that's 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 the point of this is 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 he put a lot of creative interesting ideas out into the world and yep. um, and and shining a light on them and kind of celebrating them and seeing what they do in in terms of how they ferment is really interesting and intriguing, right? Yep. Yep. Um, thanks for making time, man. Is there anything else? Any last uh, images you want us to go out on? Like that's really cool. I almost yeah, one wanted last to do a graffiti image. tour. So, yeah, please. So one last image is uh, you know we hire him. Me and Bruce McDonald hire him to do the score for Roadkill, the uh -huh. first feature film I produced, uh -huh. uh, which featured Joey Ramone playing my wife Joni's girlfriend. Everything's there's a thread through everything, right? It all comes from the Roxy Theater. It all wow. comes from Gary Holy Top. shit! And uh, so we said, oh Nash, we've got this thing. We got a scene in a bar. We need a band to play. Do you want to do something? He goes, yeah, yeah, sure. So we film him. <laughs> and we're at a bar. I think it's now the Mod Club. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I don't know what it was back then. But, like, it was hard for us to pull off because we had to pack it full of extras. We had friends there. And it's like, hey, one of the perks is you're going to see, a, like, a, a, you know, a song by Nash the Slash. That's cool. Uh -huh. So we film him. And he does this thing. And then he sets his... Uh, he sets his electric violin on fire at the end, and then in the movie, when the song ends, he tries to put it out, and he can't put it out, and he's flailing at this thing, and it was, 
I remember standing there watching and going, okay, this is the fucking funniest thing I've seen because he is so pro and he's so meticulous yeah, and yeah. exacting and this was like fucking up for him. And then when we saw the cut, I said, Nash, like Jeff, we got to keep this in. No, no, there's no fucking way. No, you got to cut that. You got to cut out early. Says, and it took me, I think it took a couple of weeks. Like I just phoned Jeff, come on, man, we look at a cut. And he finally relented. He goes, yeah, okay, keep it in. So if you look at awesome. Roadkill and you watch him try to put the fire out and it doesn't go out, yeah, that's not planned on our part. Do you have access <laughs> to that tune? To the tune in, in that in, uh, in, in the I, film? You know what? I used to have a, my DVD of Roadkill. I lent yeah. it to this uh, uh, American producer, director. He gave it back to me, the nice disc, and there's no disc in it. Oh, I got the DVD shit. box, and that's it. So. Well, man, thanks for sharing. I, You're I, welcome. We're going to end with, well, let's end with, uh, with a Nash tune, uh, one that we can access. Who Do You Love, which he, which he did a version of that for another um, crummy B-movie I, work, B-movie I worked on called uh, The Legend of Wolf Lodge. So he put together his version of Who Do You Love. Awesome. Here it comes now. Nash slash thanks, Colin. I really appreciate this. You're man. welcome. Love you. Thanks. Human skulls. Come on, baby, take a walk with me.
That was Nash the Slash's version of Who Do You Love? Thank you so much, Colin Brunton, for opening up about uh, Nash's career and your friendship with him. Really appreciate it. And we'll see you again next time on Industry Tactics. Please follow us on Twitter at Industry Tactics. And I'm Friendly Rich. You can find more about my work at FriendlyRich.com. And we'll see you soon. Goodbye.